Hey there, and welcome to the Box Office Watch podcast, where we keep watch on how much money movies are making and why. This is the show recapping the weekend of January 27th through the 29th, 2023. My name is Paolo, and I'm your host. Hope everyone is doing well out there. As usual, I'm a bit busy this week with work, as well as some other podcast episodes uh, I'm behind on, so I'm going to be trying to be efficient with this one. There's a fair bit to talk about, though. You have the Lunar New Year box office wrapping up, uh, the so-called Oscar bump, and then news out of the DCU, and then a surprise film in our top five not many people have expected. So let's start with that top five first. In first place, to no one's surprise, Avatar Way of Water ruled week 7, its 7th week, uh, with a 21% drop. That ties it with the original Avatar, as well as the first Ghostbusters, for top 12 films in a row uh, of all time to, uh, to have a number 1 film in a row. Um, Fatal Attraction and Back to the Future would be the next film up at number 8, and eight, eight, 8 weeks, though it's unlikely Avatar, I think, gets there next week. Um, and then, of course, Titanic is the number 1 film with 15 weeks consecutively. Anyway, Avatar made just under $16 million in 3,600 theaters for a uh, 4,436 4, per theater average and a $620 million domestic total as of Sunday. Uh, that means that earlier this week it passed Star Wars The Last Jedi as the number 11 film of the all-time domestic list. Um, it's about a couple million away from overtaking the first Avengers film to be the number 10 uh, domestically. Worldwide just crossed the 2.1 billion mark, uh, officially the number four film of all time worldwide, giving James Cameron three of the top four films, uh, all of his films being ones where the protagonist turns blue. A number two film this week went to children's animated film Puss in Boots with 10.4 million in 3,452 theaters for a 3,041 per theater average and a 140 million domestic total. Worldwide, it's made 336 million or so. Very solid 11% drop this week. However, more impressively, it's actually had a higher per theater average every week since its opening weekend um, of a per theater average of $3,032. So yeah, uh, Puss in Boots, as predicted, is killing it. Uh, also Killing is the number three film, which is a bit of a surprise that I mentioned at the at, at the intro of the show. Um, Pathan, which is a Bollywood film that would be kind of like Fast and the Furious meets James Bond, played by the biggest star in Hollywood, Asaru Khan. Um, it's just under 700 theaters, but it made $6.8 million this weekend for a 9902 per theater average. However, it actually opened on Wednesday to $1.5 million on that day, which is actually the first film uh, to dethrone Avatar, unless you count um, Megan, uh, which had, if you combine the Thursday and Friday for its opening weekend, but um, on its own, you know, 1.5 million versus 1.4 million for Avatar, so yeah. Um, anyway, it ended the weekend with 9.5 million to date domestically, which is actually more or less what Oscar-nominated film nominee RRR made when it released last year, though albeit RRR um, had a three-day release period versus a five-day opening. Still a great surprise, especially to see an international film do so well at the box office. Overseas, it's made $39 million for $448.4 million worldwide. So we'll see if it has staying power. Apparently, though, it's part of a larger franchise, so I guess something's working there. It looks like this number was helped out by being the highest-grossing Hindi language film based in India, making $9 million in its second day, which happened to be a national holiday. Uh, number four, we have the new film that's the old person's catnip, uh, a man called Otto making six point six million in three hundred three thousand five hundred seventy theaters for a week five uh, total of one thousand six hundred eighty one dollars, twenty four percent drop and a forty five point nine domestic total worldwide. It's currently at seventy one million, which I believe is about its break even point. Uh, running out of the top five, we have Megan in week four, making $6.5 million in 3,416 theaters. Dropped about 36%, comes in about $82 million to date domestically. Uh, $100 million is looking a little bit less likely, though not impossible, uh, since it's now on VOD. But hey, $146 million worldwide is nothing to scoff at. Uh, it did beat Scream 5 from last year as a horror film. 
Now, outside the top five, uh, Missing dropped 38% in the second weekend to 5.6 million for 17 million domestic total. Uh, Plane dropped 28% in week three, which is not bad, all things considered, especially since it's now apparently certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. The Wandering Earth 2 from China reported 3 million in 142 theaters, which will be an uh, uh, insane 21,000 per theater average. But however, I strongly suspect that that's actually the week long total as opposed to just the three days um, since it actually released last Sunday. In new debuts outside of the top five, uh, we have um, you know we have uh, nothing super more notable. You know, this the Fathom Events Antichrist movie, two point five million, eighteen fifteen per theater average. Infinity Pool from Neon, uh, two point five million and a thirteen seventy per theater average. Um, Billy Eilish had a concert movie opening, one point three million twenty one sixty four per theater average. And then Fear from Hidden Empires releasing made one point two million and a twelve sixty one per theater average. Now, this is the week weekend after the Oscar nominations were released, and so uh, there's a bunch of films that actually got a little bit of a re-expansion. Um, Everything Every All at Once is the biggest one, released in 1,400 theaters for a 725 per theater average, and a million total this weekend, the most of any Best Picture contender. I actually saw this this weekend again, though it was actually on digital, not in theaters. Um, it currently sits at $71 million to date, only about $2 million or so away from beating Morbius. Uh, the Whale gained about 130 theaters to go up to 1721 and a 14.9 million total to date. Uh, Woman Talking expanded to 707 theaters this weekend for just under a million this weekend. Um, the documentary nominee All the Beauty and Bloodshed regained two theaters. Um, Black Panther actually lost theaters down to 1030. However, that's likely due to the film coming out on Disney Plus this week. Um, it will be back though with Till, Devotion, and Woman King sadly not nominated for the Oscars, um, all being $5 fan favorites for Black History Month in AMC theaters for this month. Uh, we had Belgian international film Close opening in four theaters for a pretty decent 17,036 per theater average for the weekend. Uh, Polish international film EO uh, has been on a run consecutively, lost some theaters. Um, we have Best Actor and Adapted Screenplay nominee uh, Living go going up to 644 theaters. I know a lot of people were having trouble finding this one who wanted to watch it for the death for for the Oscar, so um, it's slowly getting out there. Um, let's see, Banshees of Inisherin got a re-release of 10, uh, 1,050 theaters, as did Fableman's 10, 1,015 theaters. Uh, Triangle of Sadness, which is a bit of a surprise Best Picture nominee, got an additional 158 theaters, and then Tar got an additional 431 theaters this weekend. None of these had the crazy per theater average or anything. Like I said, Everything Everywhere would probably be the biggest. Um, the biggest winner of these films this 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 uh this week, but you know it's just more accessible for people to who who wanted to watch them and didn't want to see it uh, at home on digital. Uh, they'll likely be around in some form or another through February into March, particularly with you know various uh, theaters having programs to give discounted tickets for the Best Picture nominees. Um, on the flip side, though, Babylon, which did miss Best Picture, ended its run at fifteen point three million total. Uh, a massive flop is now available on VOD. Uh, overall, total box office for this week was mostly flat, $74 million. Uh, this weekend, there were two new wide releases, uh, 80 for Brady, the based on a true life story. Uh, that's a Golden Girls meets Super Bowl story from Paramount. And then Knock at the Cabin, the new M. Night Shyamalan horror film from Universal, starring Dave Bautista and Rupert Grint. Uh, the winner will probably end up knocking Avatar off of the number one title for the weekend. Uh, Knock at the Cabin more likely to do so, forecast for 19 to $27 million, which would be great for the $20 million production budget. And then 80 for 
rating is forecast for maybe 12 to 17 million. Uh, there's also the Chosen Season 3 finale from Fathom Events, forecast for 8 to 11 million. And other smaller releases without a forecast. There's the BTS concert movie this weekend, an animated film called The Amazing Maurice, a Crunchyroll anime film from Sword Art Online. And then, yeah, apparently the Ghibli film Whisper of the Heart um, has a live action adaptation that's actually a sequel based on the original manga the original animated film was based on, set 10 years later. So, yeah, that's only a New York, LA release. Uh, we'll reportedly come to VOD later, but that's just interesting, I thought, to, to pay attention to. Anyway, uh, moving in nasty, we'll look at the Chinese box office. Over the six-day period for the Lunar New Year, we saw $993.8 million US dollars total, um, which is actually up versus the 2019 period, about 14%, um, and definitely ahead of last year's $888.2 million. So despite a slower start, uh, it actually ended up having stronger legs over the run. Uh, the winner for the week was uh, Zhang Yimou's period comedy thriller Full River Red, $465 million to date, projected to end at $650 million. Uh, in China, uh, which is the biggest of of, of Zhang Yimou's uh, 35 year career, uh, Wandering Earth 2, which is kind of like the big favorite heading into the the holiday, um, did well to start, but ended up settling in the second place, 377.5 million to date, 555 million forecasted for its total run, uh, behind the first one, which made 693 million dollars total. Um, animated mainstay series Boonie Bears was number three, 135.9 million, and rounding out the rest, uh, we have Hidden Bl- uh, Spy Thriller from World War Two. Hidden Blade making 86.2 million, animated film Deep Sea with only 66.3 million, and then 500 Miles, which relatively flopped with only 46.5 million dollars. Um, Avatar managed to eke out about 7.3 million over the weekend, um, up to a total of 240 million in China. Uh, in particular, Avatar made a decent amount, 40.8 million this period in China, uh, the majority of which was, of course, from The Wandering Earth 2. Uh, also in China news, anime film Suzume from Makoto Shinkai got cleared for a Chinese release, which should do well over there. You know, the first film, Your Name, made $84 million in China. Second film made $41 million. Um, it'll come to the U.S. in April 14th. Um, but however, two weeks earlier, U.S. anime fans can watch the Kaguya-sama Love is War movie uh, that comes out on Valentine's Day this month. Uh, anyway, uh, so that's most of the news that I wanted to cover this week. There is one last bit, which is a bit of a doozy, actually. Um, you know, after much speculation over the past couple of months um, and rumors and bits of confirmation of cancellations and actors leaving roles, uh, James Gunn has come out with the lineup for the first chapter of the new DCU, which they were calling Gods and Monsters. Now, obviously, the four DC projects this year are still planned to release. Suzanne so Fury of the Gods this month, uh, Flash this summer, Blue Beetle in August, and then Aquaman 2 in December. Now, reportedly, Gunn and Saffron are open to the four actors from these films uh, returning in some capacity in the future, notably including problematic actor Ezra Miller, uh, though the Flash film is reportedly actually very good. Um, however, from these four films, they're actually going to be moving into one of the key core tenets seems to be kind of, you know, uh, kind of the way what M- the MCU is doing with the Disney Plus shows, having an interconnected universe of basically anything DC, almost anything DC, uh, be it live action, TV, animated TV, or you know, live action films, all living in the same universe. Um, so the first new project is Creature Commandos, a seven-episode animated series written by Gunn, originally uh, starring starring a group of military superheroes who were meant to fight Nazis, modernized, obviously retold for the modern age. Most notably, mo- most notable thing again tying this project is that the voice actors who have not even been cast will end up moving and come into a. Uh, live action projects in the future and so you know if your voice cast as a voice actor you also better be a good actor um, also this is very much in gun style you know taking kind of like a, a, a C or D list tier characters and putting them into the, the DC film canon 
Uh, from there, we have a spin-off TV series, uh, Waller, uh, starring Viola, Viola Davis returning as the titular character, uh, teaming up with the Peacemaker characters, which, of course, Gunn obviously brought to life. This project will be written by Crystal Henry and Jeremy Carver from of Watchmen and Doom Patrol TV, respectively. Um, that those two TV series are kind of like appetizers, which move to the first main feature film of the DCU, Superman Legacy, which is again written by James Gunn. And penciling it in as a July 11th, 2025 release date, presumably this moves past the origin story and more onto, quote, Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage and his human upbringing with a focus on being kind in a world where kindness is old-fashioned. Uh, definitely seems like the kind of Superman we needed as aside from the uh, supposed to the uh, Snyderverse uh, iteration. Jumping back to the small screen, Lanterns will be an HBO Max TV series set uh, in the world, um, uh, uh, set in a true detective life, uh, like the terrestrial based story of space cops John Stewart and Hal Jordan, uh, again working that cross TV and film synergy. Uh, going back to more obscure characters, the next project will be a film based on the Wildstorm imprint run by Jim Lee. The Authority is going to be a movie based on a team of superheroes who will do whatever it takes uh, to protect and fix this planet. Uh, the next TV series, uh, that will be a film. Uh, the next TV series will be uh, set on Wonder Woman's ho uh, birthplace, Themyscira. Uh, the, film, the, the series will be called Paradise Lost, described as a Game of Thrones-style film prior to the Wonder Woman films. Um, the DCU's Batman will make his debut in an adaptation of the classic Batman run uh, by Grant Morrison uh, of the same name, The Brave and the Bold. Uh, this one will feature Damian Wayne uh, as Batman's Robin and his assassin son. Uh, they also hint at a broader Bat family in the announcement. Uh, notably, this one is not going to be the Robert Pattinson, Matt Reeves Batman, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Going back to the HBO Max side of things, again, another relatively cult hero, Booster Gold, a frequent partner of Blue Beetle. Um, is a, Booster Gold is a loser from the future who uses future technology to travel back in time and use the, that technology to be a superhero today, a.k.a.'s Imposter Syndrome, the movie. Um, this one will be a TV series on HBO Max. Uh, going back to film, inspired by the recent Tom King miniseries of Supergirl, uh, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow will be a science fiction epic film, that adaptation of the same series which features a Supergirl who is a bit more jaded more hardcore after watching everyone around her die on a fragment of Krypton for 14 years uh, before coming to Earth as opposed to Superman who was raised with a loving family on Earth. And then to wrap up the first chapter, another genre film will be The Swamp Thing, which will be a horror film that again ties into the broader story. Now again, these apparently won't be every project from the MCU, and again, notably Todd Phillips' Joker, Part 2, Matthew's Batman starring Robert Pattinson uh, is not in there. Uh, basically, anything outside of the mainline continuity of the DCU will be labeled as an Elseworlds project, which also includes the super popular animated TV series Teen Titans Go. Uh, the Batman film in particular is slated for a uh, October 3rd, 2025 release date, um, which is going to be a big year for superheroes. Right? You have the Avengers Kang Dynasty movie in May, uh, Superman in July, and then Batman in October. Uh, notably, the ba the Black Superman project by Tahisi Coates, uh, Coates is still in development and would be an Elseworld project as well. Now, kind of my take on this, you know, the big thing that stands out again is obviously the focus on having a unified uni universe with the same actor being across all iterations, not only in live action but also animated uh, voice actor or television series and even video games. I'm curious to see how this pans out in terms of both locking in actors uh, into these projects very early on. If you know there might be something problematic about them later on, as with Ezra Miller's case, and it's also recognizing that you know different characters are better at different. Uh, individuals are better at voice acting than, say, doing live action and vice versa. Still, based on Gunn's previous work and the fact that they actually have an 8 to 10 year plan and that they're actually focusing on, you know, it seems, on storytelling over anything else, um, I'm tentatively optimistic where the DCU can be in a couple years' time.
Uh, with that, that's a wrap for this episode. Super ideas for I said cover via email at boxofficewatchpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at BOWatchPodcast. Our show is on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review. At the very least, tell a friend if any of that helps. Links to all of that will be in our show notes. Uh, numbers used in the show come from DeanNumber.com. Intro and outro music from Cameron MacLeod. His office and competent for music.io. Editing production by Ninsboy Media. Until next time, this has been the Box Office Watch. And remember, our watch goes on. Thank you.